Chris Gelser here with Matt Howell. And on this episode of The First Run, Matt and I are going to discuss a Detective uh, Pikachu. As well as. <laughs> that, one, that one's for the kids. Who, who uh, was that? <laughs> what? Who said. A Detective uh, Pikachu. Uh, yeah. that, is, that is Lou Dobbs talking about the box office uh, success of. A Detective uh, Pikachu. And so it's the Pokemon movie starring Ryan Reynolds. He voices. Um, a detective, uh, Pikachu. And uh, <laughs> there is a mystery here. So what happens, Matt? Well, we'll get into it. I don't want to spoil the opening of the show. We're going to talk about... Uh, a detective, uh, Pikachu. I have a feeling that's never going to get old. <laughs> and then we're going to tell you what's coming up in Blu-ray and DVD featuring your streaming and straight-to-DVD picks of the week. And then we're going to move on then to the Chinese blockbuster that Netflix just unceremoniously dropped on their on their streaming service and told nobody about. And then finally, we're going to fill you in on our five favorite hidden streaming gems. And also, Matt, there was a, an announcement yesterday that we might talk about maybe for a minute. Maybe for a minute. So let's start everything off with a clip from... A detective, uh, Pikachu. <sighs> so, Pikachu? Oh, jeez. Hey, little guy. How did you... Get in here. I know you can't understand me, but put down the stapler or I will electrocute you. Did you just talk? Whoa. Did you just understand me? Wait, 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 wait. That is heavy eye contact right there. You heard me. No, no, yes, you did. Oh, stop, my stop, God. Stop, this stop, is amazing. Stop, stop, you can understand stop, me. Stop. I've been so lonely. Yes. Yes, I have. Matt, Detective, uh, you know, I'm just going to, Detective Pikachu, I'm going to spare you this one time. <laughs> so we have, what's the uh, fine young gentleman's uh, last name? Not the cannibals. No, the fine young gentleman. It would help if I had the right screen up. I know it's one of the Smith kids, right? Justice yeah, Smith. Justice Smith. Plays Tim Goodman, whose father was a police detective, and he disappears. So he goes to find out what happened to his father. He thinks he's dead. And he runs into an amnesic... A detective, uh, Pikachu. And who's trying to figure out who he is. And the two of them team up to try and solve the mystery. So, Matt, I... I, I Ryan Reynolds, as I said, voices the, 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 the character. And I... I, I I, wa- I walked out of this thing thinking I am very, very old. Right. I am not this film's target audience. I'm, I am sure that there were dozens of references that I, I didn't get. But still, I found this thing to be an enjoyable romp. I actually had some fun with it. And I think the film all hangs basically on Ryan, Ryan Reynolds' voice performance right i think that's really what what does it even even in this animated character detective uh pikachu that son of a bitch is still charming is all hell i mean that guy is just you know he's he's magnetic and you want to see him on the screen even if he's not actually playing himself but still there's some things we need to talk about about it but what are your thoughts do you agree with me did you get some of the references did you enjoy this what do you think 
So I mean, so Pokemon is is um, years after my time. I it's not something I was particularly familiar with. It's not something I really um, enjoyed. Um, it's a slice of nerddom that passed me by because I was you know I was nowhere near young enough to really get involved in it when it first came out. <clears throat> um, my daughter likes it, you know, so she had a good time. But um, I don't know. I think it was because it's this property that. I think it means a lot of things to a lot of people and I wasn't just like super invested in it. I just, I, I couldn't really, you know, muster a care of what's going on. I mean, oh, Ryan Reynolds was fine. Um, I, I think the most I can say about it is it's fine. Um, you know, I was kind of hoping that I would be this like surprising thing where it really just kind of appealed very broadly and really sucked you in with something that's really um, fascinating, but it's not, it's just, it's the property is the property and it's, you know, I have no foundation with it, so it didn't really... Any of the stuff that may have landed with fans didn't land with me. Well, as far as video game adaptations go, I think this is top of the line for me. I really can't think of a video game adaptation I've seen that I enjoyed as much as this. I mean, what's out there? None of the Tomb Raider movies are good. No. Mortal Kombat isn't good. I didn't see Prince of Persia, so, you know, hey, Father, forgive me, you know? Um, (laughs) But still... I like to sneak in political stuff and see if people notice it. But yeah. um, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think one of the key successes of the film is the mismatch of the acerbic tone that Ryan, Ryan Reynolds brings to the performance right. matched in with Pikachu's just unrelenting adorableness. I think that there's something about that combination that I found really fun and entertaining. It takes some reasonably entertaining turns to the film that I think it does well with when it comes to who your bad guy is and the little shift here and the story here. And, oh, maybe that's not actually happening. Maybe that guy's okay and the other guy's not so okay. I I don't know. But I think it does that stuff reasonably well. But it doesn't quite have the emotional resonance that it's shooting for. No, definitely not. Which is a problem of, I think, another film we might be talking about a little later. Oh, maybe, maybe. But I feel if you're a Pokemon fan... I think you're going to love this thing. I feel like if you know what this stuff is, then I think you may really have a really enjoyable time. In the end, I, I did enjoy it. It's just, you know, it's. I think it's going to be mostly instantly forgettable. And it's tapping into a part of culture that I have no um, affiliation or affection for. Though I do now have my uh, Pokemon cards that I got from the uh, screening. So now, Matt, we can play together. Detective Pikachu. There's only two in here. Yeah, I think you need more than two. I thought there was. Although my my daughter, being seven years old and um, absolutely relentless when she wants something, has has declared that she wants to start getting Pokemon cards, and she has not stopped asking me about it every day since I've seen that film. So we'll have to get some soon, and I'll have to learn how to play, and it'll be all over. Well, that's a good barometer. Um, did you take her to see this? I did, yeah. She she enjoyed it. I mean, she's not um, super familiar with the property either, but I think some kids at school are. So she's kind of bowing to you know to kind of the what's going on around her. And and she, but she's been watching it on Netflix. She's been good watching it on demand. So you know she's getting into it. So she seems to enjoy it. I think she had a good time. Good for her. And I hope her get her get along through society. Just <laughs> conform. She will. Bow down to peer pressure. Really yeah, I know. I mean, you know, I mean, you do have to do that to some extent throughout your life. So I guess this is an easy way to do it. I mean, playing with stupid uh, cards um, is is fine, I suppose. Right? It could be worse. It certainly could be. Oh, oh, oh and it will. Be, and it will be worse. That's right. <laughs>
Is there any thoughts? Any other thoughts about the uh... detective uh, Pikachu? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, like I said, I think me and Chris really. I think this is really highlighting for me i mean chris you know obviously may have encountered this years ago but um that i'm just really getting old now like i'm not i'm not hip on the i like to make fun of your age every now and again just because i can because i know you're sensitive about it Um, son of a bitch that's right um but yeah i mean i'm just i'm too old for this now i just i just i just uh it's not for me but it's it's fine i gave it a c i'm giving it a c i got a b minus so we're, we're not that far off um yeah, I, I mean, that's what they want to do, right? You want to make entertaining for adults and for children. And I, th- I think it mostly succeeds at that. It's just there's – it's fine. There's really nothing to it. There's nothing to write home about. It's, yeah. it's an entertaining enough time. If you got to bring your kid to go see it, you'll be entertained enough for the uh, hour, 45-minute run of time. That's, that, that is true. It's not it's not emoji movie bad where you want to, like, you know, gouge your eyes out or – um, you know, Secret Life of Pets, which is just interminable. But so, I mean, I guess, yeah, if you're a parent taking your kid to it, it'll be at least mildly amusing. So that's something. Angry Birds made over $100 million. That's insane to me. Jeez. It costs, it costs $73 million to make that? You know, computer graphics or uh, computer animation is not cheap. Whew. Wow. Mm-hmm. You get a chance to see... A detective... Uh... Pikachu. Why don't you us an email at feedback at the first run dot com. I can't I can't use it anymore. It's over. That's disappointing for me. We'll find a way. We'll find a way. All right. Coming up on Blu-ray and DVD this upcoming Tuesday, May 21st. Another animated series that I have not seen, I have no understanding of or affiliation with as I slowly crawl to my death. Matt, maybe you can talk a little bit about it, but here's I'm assuming the big release this week. I know this handiwork. Grimmel the Grizzly, famous back where I'm from. The smartest dragon hunter I ever met. Well, next to me, of course. Well, he can't be that smart. He left his trap unmanned. <laughs> Nothing's accidental when it comes to old Grimmel. He lives for the hunt, to get inside the mind of his prey, to control its every choice. It's all a game to him. Well, he doesn't know who he's playing with. Yeah, well, we've dealt with this kind before. Don't underestimate him, Hiccup. Mark my words, he'll be back. Then we'll be waiting for him. Damn right. So that's how to train mm-hmm. your dragon three. Um, uh, Revenge of the Sith. What, I don't know what the, the, that one is. <laughs> I don't know what it is either. I heard it's pretty good though. And the, the other, the other two are actually are actually pretty entertaining. They're pretty good films. Um, so I, I was kind of looking forward to seeing this one. Yeah, I've heard it's actually pretty good. That the whole series is actually supposed to be pretty good. But it I, is. I have seen nary a one. So includes audio commentary though by the writer and director as well as a producer, an alternate opening, and then some deleted scenes as well. The Rebel Wilson romantic comedy, Isn't It Romantic? This is when she gets the concussion and wakes up in a romantic comedy. Yep. That's coming includes a featurette called I Want to Dance and some deleted scenes. The Upside, which is the remake of the French film, The Untouchables. This, though, one with uh, Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston. Includes some deleted scenes and a gag reel. From what I understand, not that terribly good. Uh, new to Blu-ray, we're going to have... Let the Sun Shine In from Criterion. It's a new 4K digital master approved by the cinematographer Agnes Goddard. It's about Isabel. She plays a divorced Parisian painter, Matt, searching for another shot at love, but re- refusing to settle for the parade of all too flawed men like... A detective, uh, 
Pikachu. Who drift in and out of her life. It includes new interviews with director Claire Denis and actress, uh, I should say, excuse me, actor Juliette Binoche. There's on the Criterion Channel, Matt, there's a whole segment uh, dedicated to Claire Denis right now. So I haven't seen any of her films, uh, though I think I, I have High Life up in my queue, which is coming out. So a queue meaning something I want to watch, not something I actually have because it's not a mm. Shout Factory is releasing Earthquake. Various interconnected people struggle to survive when a massive earthquake rips Los Angeles apart. Released in Sensoround. It's a new brand new 2K remaster of the theatrical cut of the film as well as a 2K remaster of the TV version, which has over 20 minutes added to kind of pad out, you know, the runtime to get all those commercials in. And uh, three new making of feature to the film. Shout is also releasing The Hunted. Christopher Lambert plays Paul Racine. He's a high-powered executive living aboard in Japan. When he and his alluring companion, Karina, find themselves the targets of assassins, Racine is ensnared in a web of intrigue and danger. I do love myself some Lambert. I'm wondering if he's playing like a German guy this time. Includes a new audio commentary with the writer-director, J.F. Lawton. That, of course, is a dig at his Scottish guy from Highlander. And then you have the Scottish guy playing the Spanish guy. French guy. This is make it, and the best part is that neither of them tried to hide their accent at all. No, they don't. <laughs> it also really includes the work print version of The Hunted, which includes extended alternate and deleted scenes. Unfortunately, it is only in standard definition. Shout, you lazy people. The Seduction, also being released from Shout, an attractive, well-known TV newscaster Matt is stalked by an obsessed admirer. This is a film starring... Actress Morgan Fairchild includes a new interview with her, new interview with actor Andrew Stevens, as well as new interview with some of the cast and crew, a ported over audio commentary as well. Black Moon Rising. Every week, it seems we run into these films that have these those VHS boxes that I just always clearly remember, but I never watched. So, Matt, go ahead and Google Black Moon Rising. And they go, oh, yeah, I remember that cover. Okay. This one, I believe, stars Tommy Lee Jones as a professional thief hired by the FBI to steal a data tape from a company under investigation. When the analysis of the tape proves criminal activities of the company, well, it's just, let me tell you, it goes nuts. Also being released is the Anthony Hopkins film Nixon, where he plays... um, Detective uh, Pikachu. Actually, no, he plays Nixon. Uh, Arrow is releasing Trapped Alive. It features a brand new 2K restoration of the film about a sheriff's deputy, some escaped prisoners, and two young girls who find themselves trapped in a mine shaft where a cannibalistic mutant is hunting them for food. Includes a brand new commentary by the director, new commentaries by the special effects artist and the writer, and a whole bunch of others. I mean, Arrow's really gone out for this one. So You can pick up a Shaft triple feature, Matt, and they're all being released individually on Blu-ray. So that's Shaft, Shaft's Big Score, and Shaft in Africa. Obviously, anticipation of the new Shaft film coming out. We get three generations of Shaft. Was that dirty? Twilight Time is releasing Baby, The Rain Must Fall, Warlock, and Mortuary. And finally, your 4K release of the week, Matt. Only one big one, I guess. A film I've never seen uh, that does star my boy Jason Statham, and that's Crank. is being released on 4K. I've never seen Crank. They even made a sequel of that thing. They did, yeah. You're straight to DVD pick of the week. I feel like I just want to read the title of it, and then I think we're good. But there's a lot going on in this, so I think you deserve the whole write-up. Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Self-explanatory. Sequel to Hobo and a Shotgun. Spiritual successor. Four friends set out on an everyday errand and end up with the fight of their lives, Matt, when they discover the body of a dead hooker left in their trunk. 
led by a sexy, impulsive badass, which is capitalized for some reason, her distant geek twin sister, their Bible-thumping, Jesus-loving, goody-two-shoes friend, and a chaotic rock star junkie pal. The group has to put aside their differences to dispose of the bodies before their next. Actually, body. Singular. Thrown into their own personal purgatory, they face off against persistent police, a sleazy motel manager, a chainsaw-wielding triad, and a brutal serial killer, all while they are followed by a mysterious cowboy pimp who wants to claim the corpse for his own. You can finally catch up with Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Groovy. Matt, what should we be streaming this week? Um, all right, so um, what just came out, uh, available on Amazon Prime this month, is uh, a film that, by all rights, we didn't have a lot of confidence of. We thought it was going to be a complete disaster, and it was an unnecessary remake, but it's actually surprisingly competent and enjoyable in its own way. Uh, Suspiria, uh, starring Dakota Johnson and Tilda Swinton, is available for streaming on Amazon Prime. Um, I'm just going to call this dance school witch shenanigans and um, leave it at that. You should owe it to yourself to check it out at least. Yeah, I think I want to watch it again. I did buy it. And did you? I did. I did. I rather enjoyed it, but I, mm. I need to watch it. But I have so many things I need to watch. Dear Lord. You have a long, long list, Chris. I thought I was bad, but you have a God. long list. God, I just finally started trying to catch up with The Flash. That's over. I think I have two <laughs> episodes to go. I've missed most of Arrow. I haven't watched. I've watched four episodes of Legends of uh, Tomorrow. I haven't seen an episode of Supergirl in two years. Yeah, they're about to do an Infinite Crisis. Yeah. And since Arrow's uh, or I Crisis on Infinite Earths, and they're and I think this is Arrow's last season, so it's going to end. I think Arrow's going to end on that. So we'll see. Interesting. Yeah, and they're bringing in Batwoman too. You see the they are for that. Uh, I have, um, although to be quite honest with you, I haven't really kept up with any of the C- CW shows um, ever since Flash really kind of fell off of a cliff after that first season, um, and I just kept refusing to believe it. I just kind of stopped watching them. I have although I hear Legends, I hear Legends is really good. Legends so is the best ca- of all of them at this point. Yeah, yeah, really just embraces the corniness of everything and just goes all in, and it's a lot of fun. I yeah. thought season two of Flash was good. The one with Savitar was not good. Yeah. And this the problem is, is how many times okay. can you have speedsters, really? You know, that's the issue. That's yeah. why they didn't do that this time. I mm. think I don't know. I have three episodes to go, so who knows what's going to sh- what's going to happen? Right. And Zoom is in this season, so well, Reverse Flash, I should say. Either way, mm. it's been okay. I think one of the crew's members, one of the people's people, is leaving too. I think I think it's Vibe. I think might not be coming back. Oh, know. okay. Oh, really? That's too bad. Yeah, I think there was some thing where he had resigned or something like that. And I know somebody's okay. leaving, supposedly. So let's see who okay. it is. So let's take a couple of minutes, Matt. And uh, let's talk about the big announcement. You want to tell the folks what happened as if they don't already know? Sure. Um, so uh, it's been announced that uh, Robert Pattinson of uh, Twilight fame uh, has been signed as the new Batman to play titular character in Matt Reeves' The Batman. People are reacting very strongly to this, and um, surprise, surprise. Yeah, I know. And you know, you think a they would have learned their lesson the first time around with because um, for every time you're right with a Jared Leto, you're wrong with a Heath Ledger. So really, you should give the man a chance. And I think I speak for both of us when we say we're both pretty impressed with his late uh, his later career output. Um, so I think the man can act. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen his post Twilight work. Listen, you are missing out, all right? I even tweeted that. And then I also pinned a tweet, Matt, for the first time 
uh, and in response to all this, that basically reads that they cast Mr. Mom as Batman. Just to right. remind everybody about right. know, how that all handed out. But if you haven't seen Good Time, Cosmopolis, Lost City of Z, Rover, uh, he has been in some really, really good stuff. He has turned out some fantastic performances as of late. He's had a major role in the new Christopher Nolan film. Uh, so, I know. And he's supposed to be really great in High Life, which obviously I talked about earlier. I'm, I'm desperate to see. So, the man dove into the art scene. And just like Kristen Stewart. Right with personal shopper, she found the finally like the perfect role for her. She is incredible in that thing. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I think this is an inspired choice. I think he's going to be great, and I'm glad we're continuing the tradition. We're picking back up the tradition of having an English Batman because it's really the only way to do it. Now we have to. I'm curious though. I I, I prefer the Ben Affleck manipulated Batman voice over the Christian Bale gruff you know, affected voice. Bale. Yeah, yeah, me think? too. Yeah, I would rather go with the uh I would rather go with the 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 Batfleck version of that or but really what they need to do is they just need to do Conroy can do it. I mean, he can do a, a fantastic Bruce Wayne slip into Batman. But the thing is, I think the way he cuz the way he approaches it is that Batman is the main character, you know. Bruce Wayne is the mask, so it's like, right. you know, the it's it sounds sounds different. I think it sounds more appropriate. But yeah, as long as we don't get Bale, because Bale just sounded absolutely ridiculous. And it, it got worse the, the more the films went on. Like, and in like the third film, you literally developed a noticeable lisp. <laughs> yeah, when you would do the voice. It was weird. <laughs> I had a feeling. I, I felt like it was because that that cowl never looked like it fit quite right. It looked like it was squishing his face all the time. So maybe that was it. Could be. That could be part of it. So, are, mm. are, do we have any official nicknames yet? Like uh, Battenson or uh. Pat? No, that doesn't work. Batson. It's gonna. It's gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be Battenson, I think. Although I've heard Sparkle Bat, you know, kicked around a little bit. So. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, either way, if you're all up in arms about this, just chill out. You're making a ma- massive mistake. I think he's gonna be fantastic in this, and I think it's a great pick. And I'm very pleased with. It. I am 100% behind. Robert Pattinson as your next Batman. So good call. Matt, why don't we go ahead then and keep the train rolling? Speaking of Batman, mm. um, let's talk about the most successful film in the history of Chinese cinema. Shaomu Matt, why don't you tell everybody at home what is the Wandering Earth all about, and can you explain to me why there's still gravity? Yeah, there's a lot of things that you're just gonna have to go with with this film, and we could we could spend the rest of this episode and probably part into the next episode just picking apart all the stuff that doesn't make sense in this movie. But I digress. Um, so it's in the relatively near future um for whatever reason i think we like to say in the not too distant future the not too distant future oh, dropping things mm-hmm. uh 
Uh, in the not too distant future, for whatever reason, the sun instead of uh, you know expanding into a red giant um, billions of years from now, it suddenly is is going to happen in the next hundred years or so and swallow up the entire um, you know solar system in the next three hundred years. So um, Earth decides that they're going to build giant rockets on the earth Go and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and basically turn the earth into a spaceship to travel extra solar four and a half light years to another star where they're just going to like slip into orbit and just, you know, carry on life. Um, uh, and all of the, you know, of course that makes the earth unhabitable for the next, you know, however many hundreds of years it's going to take. So everybody has to live underground. A very small portion of it has to live underground. Um, I can keep going with this thing. And then there's a stuff where, and after this has been going on for a while, it basically follows the story of a kid who, you know, wants to go to the surface for reasons yet to be revealed. And, you know, mayhem ensues. Cause Jupiter's a big old jerk is why it is. That's right. Ah, <sighs> Big gassy jackass. So, mm-hmm. Matt, this is the biggest film in the history of Chinese cinema. This is yeah. a box office phenomenon internationally. Yeah, right. Netflix gets the rights, drops it on their service, nary a peep. Nope. And they're trying to do a little damage control about that. I think last, like on Friday or something, Thursday, a couple of days ago, they did like like a, a tweet, like five reasons to see it or something. I don't know what it was. But they're trying now to do a little stealth or at least a little build-up marketing for it. But my question for you, was Netflix right tonight to kind of just put it out there? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Netflix's decision on this one. Um, so I don't even know where to begin with this thing. Now, so when you watched it, did you watch it in the dubbed version? Or did you did you did could you even switch off the dubs and put it into the, the original Chinese? It It didn't even occur to me to, you know, I don't know now. I think I would have. I think I watched it dubbed. I think that's my my is the, I'm defaulted to that. Yeah, it, it, the default it came on dubbed, and for me as well. And I didn't. Did it? I thought about I thought about switching it, trying to see if I could switch it, but then I couldn't be bothered as this thing started to get even more ridiculous no, in the first no, five mine minutes. Mine was Mandarin. Oh, it was. I think I okay. watched it in Mandarin. I'm pretty sure. I don't. I don't like watching dubbed films because I'm I'm a snob. We all know this. I yeah. could have sworn I read this thing. There were there were some subtitles in it. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I know. I wow, that should show you the impact the film had on me. I can't remember <laughs> if they were speaking. I can't English. believe you don't remember no. if it was in no, Chinese. No, I absolutely not. remember. It was. I it was in Mandarin with English subtitles. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. All right. So it defaulted to the dubbed version, and let me tell you, folks. Uh. The voice acting in the dubbed version is absolutely atrocious. It is it is ridiculously oh, bad. I gotta rewatch it. But yeah, it is so bad, Chris. It is so bad. Um, but even not even that. I mean, <clears throat> the film. I mean, it looks decent. I mean, the the yeah. it, it a lot. Sometimes the the CGI doesn't hold together. You know, you can tell it may not be. It's not necessarily industrial light and magic. You know quality throughout the whole thing um but for the most part the visual effects are pretty good um the story doesn't make a lick of sense so if you think about it at all um i mean literally within the first 30 seconds or the first like two minute build up in the beginning of this film they're talking about how there's a lottery and all these people got to live underground i'm like okay so 
everybody else just freezes to death and they're just okay with this? Are there not riots and wars? Like, I don't understand. Like, and then you're going to move the earth and literally everything on it's going to be dead. So who cares by the time you get there? And then as Chris said, how is there gravity? How does the atmosphere stay there? Because, yeah, I mean, exactly. Cause the planet's moving like a ship, right? Yeah. Like they're, it'll just they, shear off. They build engines <laughs> on one side of it and then it right. just moves forward into space. Right. It does. Yes. So there's no, the world, I know my, I haven't taken a science class in years and I know my understanding of science is pretty rudimentary, right. but I'm fairly sure that you need some type of spinning action in order to maintain any type of gravity on the planet. This is true. This is true. And the other, the net, the, the hold in the atmosphere, right? Yeah. I mean, essentially because, you know, and I even, let's just say, even for the sake of argument, it didn't blow the atmosphere off. By the time they're outside of Jupiter, it's like the surface during the daylight is like minus 200, it's like minus 70 degrees Celsius, whatever that turns out to be in Fahrenheit. So literally the thing, all the plant life's dead. Like, Well, they have seeds you... though, right? And the spaceship that's following them. Well, yes, they do. But I mean, and I'm assuming I, 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 I don't, that's not going to work guys. You can't just plant some seeds and then like all of the, everything's going to be better. Like the biosphere is just going to come right back. Traveling for thousands of years. It's not <clears> yeah. Gonna just going to warm right up once you get no. close. No, this is a terrible idea. Whoever thought of this is a was a terrible, terrible idea. They would have been better off just making arc ships and sending them out. I feel like part of me wants to watch Neil deGrasse Tyson stroke out while watching this <laughs> film. Just explain everything that's wrong with it. He would give up in the first 10 minutes. Um, but here's the other thing. So nitpicking and kind of joking aside, this film is just too busy. There's just so much stuff going on. And yeah. It's just, it doesn't hold together. It's like... Um, like in the first, like I said, first 20 minutes of the film, you get the death of earth. Then catastrophe starts happening where everything starts falling apart. You get a little bit of this kind of underground society that inexplicably for whatever reason, you know, which becomes clear later, but you know, this, this, you know, commando unit takes care like hijacks our, our entire group. And it's just, it's just a mess. I mean, there's just too way, way too much going on. It seems like, this is like, and I don't, I hope this is not, this is reductive, but I'm going to say it anyway. It seems like it's something that, you know, a straight to, to, to video pick that happened in the eighties where some people just said, let's throw a bunch of cool stuff together and see what happens. And it doesn't really hang together coherently. No. Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's exactly right. I feel like it's a bunch of stone kids in high school or college got together <laughs> and kind of wrote a screenplay or at least sketched out some ideas had a rough outline for the craziest, biggest, most bombastic science fiction film they could think of. And yet still, with all these gigantic ideas and things, it feels underbaked. It feels like, um, like you said, it's almost like sci-fi channel, you know, TV movie-esque. Now, I felt at times, most of the time, that the effects were top-notch. I thought the special effects looked really good in this thing. You could tell they spent a ton of money on this. Right. It's just that... I know you're supposed to suspend your, your your disbelief, right? But some of the stuff is just so ridiculously over the top. It just you're like, no, there's no way. It's not. I can't. I don't know what it was. You just I don't know what that tipping point is. But this thing jumped off that cliff of that you know over the tipping point. And I, yeah, it's the stakes are just so absurdly high. And then it really then tries to get this this emotional heft to it. It's just too saccharinely sweet. It's and it, it focused so much on the family angles, and all I could think about was how much better Interstellar dealt with that stuff. 
right. than this film does. Right. I mean, it is so where the you know the dad and the kids have these mo- everybody has these kind of little moments when they're talking about their families but they got to do the greater thing for the greater good and i love you son and all this stuff and it, it is just so it's just so transparently obvious that it was just inserted in there to kind of just ramp up the emotions and it just doesn't work at all i still i found the film to be a fun watch just because of how ridiculous it is and I think just, I just kind of sat back and just said, all right, let's do this. You know, and it, you know, I was all in on it. So I think it's a fun enough watch. And I think China has basically established itself as a player on the big blockbuster scene with this film, not just financially, but I think with the effects. And I think the film is well done enough that I would happily put this up against crazy S like the Fast and Furious franchise. It's, it fits right into that, that kind of uh, fold, I think just in space. I mean, it's, it's just that nuts. Like with that, the, the uh, runway and that one film that ran for 30 miles, you know, I mean, there's just, there's no, it doesn't matter. We're just going to show you the craziest, biggest things we can think about. And that's what this film is. Yeah. I I mean, I I guess that's fair. I guess, I guess my only, my only rebuttals that would just be is one. I mean, I think the fast and furious knows that it's ridiculous. Whereas I don't know if this knows it's ridiculous. Maybe it does. Um, And then I think, to, I think your your enjoyment of this film is really going to hinge on your ability to enjoy camp. And if you're not really into that kind of thing, which I'm not really, um, it's not going to be, it's too, they do it too straight. They play it too straight for it to be anything particularly enjoyable for me. Now, what I would love to see is like Rift Tracks get a hold of this oh, or, yeah. or, or Mystery Science Theater 3000 to get a hold of this because I think that's, this film is ripe for that. Um, that would be fantastic. But on its own, your mileage may vary. I, I'm kind of curious to see what you kind of gave this thing as a letter grade, Chris. Oh, you want me to tell you? Yeah, I do. I wasn't going to tell anybody. Uh, C plus. Okay. Um, yeah, I gave it a C minus. Um, it's it, it has its moments and it has some competence to it, but it's it's – it's like they it's it's just too much and it's half baked. I think um I think it's good it establishes China as a player from a you know technological standpoint and the ability to produce something like this. I think now they just gotta, you know, hopefully the next one they produce is a little more a little more streamlined. It's a little more concise. Yeah. A little more emotional heft to it too. Not yeah. a, that's a good that's a good point. If you had a chance to see the wandering earth, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at feedback at the first run dot com. Man, I would love for for Joel Hodgson and, and his crew to, to do like they used to do back in the old days at, at the public act or the cable channel, where they get the rights to be able to do anything that's on Netflix. That's a how cool would that be? That would be amazing because there's so much bad stuff on there. All right, let's go ahead then and uh, move along. Speaking, of course, of um, Netflix, why don't we uh, take a few minutes, Matt, and talk about our favorite streaming hidden gems. Now, Matt, well, Matt cheated, and I stayed pure to the intention of what this was, and we'll talk about that when we get back. What is it about this property that makes you feel it's so integral that you can't put it off until after all these legal matters are settled? It's a very good question. This property gives us many things. First, access to the river. 
so I can bring in my fuel directly from any provider in the world straight to my tanks. Second, it has over 10 million gallons of storage capacity. So I can buy in the summers when the price is low and sell to my customers and more importantly my competitors when the price is high. I will no longer just drive trucks, I will control my fate. But the real answer to your question is that when it feels scary to jump, Ian, that is exactly when you jump. Otherwise, you end up staying in the same place your whole life. And that I can't do. So that is Oscar Isaac with Jessica Chastain in J.C. Chander's A Most Violent Year. Uh, currently streaming on Netflix, a film I rather enjoyed. He plays a owner of a small heating oil company who's just trying to deal with a, his competitors, trying to get a bank loan to keep his business afloat and, ex- and expand his business, but also dealing with the fact that like his truck drivers get hijacked. It's just a, it's a fun, fun, fun's not the right word, but it's a great little kind of drama. Um, you know, it's set in the, uh, in 1981 in New York and it's just, it's a great little period piece. So if you haven't seen it, you can stream it there, but not good enough to make the cut for me. Also music by Alex Ebert. Uh, if you're not familiar with, uh, Alex Ebert, he is of um, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. So, and of course, an A24 film, which you can't really go wrong. So this all started off as trying to identify some hidden gems on Netflix because of The Wandering Earth. Maybe not so much a hidden gem. But Matt, of course, wanted to expand your horizons. So he has gone through to include Hulu and Amazon Prime. But I how, is that, how is that not fair? How is that cheating? It's not cheating. It's just you went a different route. That's all. Oh, okay. It's all not right. as exciting to say in the opening of a show, Matt, to say. Then I'm trying to build up some tension here, but instead, as <laughs> usual, you deflate my tires, and uh, it's just make me. You know, it's. I don't know what to do. Good day, sir. So I'm just. I'm stuck to Netflix. Plus, it would wouldn't take as much work because I only had to search one streaming service. So Matt, once you start off everything, I think I let you do that last time. What is your fifth favorite hidden gem on the streaming service of your choice? All right. So um, as Chris pointed out, I like to cheat, um, but I don't care. Uh, so my number five is an excellent show. And it's the only TV show on here. And Chris gets annoyed when I mentioned the small screen on this film podcast. Um, but it is a, a, a criminally underappreciated comedy series called Party Down. Um, it stars Adam Scott, um, Lizzie Kaplan, um, Ken Marino, a um, uh, bunch of other people. I'm blanking on some of their names, but it is it basically follows a a small catering company full of in in LA um, with aspiring actors and writers and and just the kind of humiliations they have to go through to try and get their minor victories. It is absolutely hilarious. Um, all the little petty things that they have to go through. Um, if you haven't seen it, please, please, please go out and watch it. It is absolutely fantastic. Where is it again? It is available on Hulu. That's a bitch. I don't have the Hulus. I've always wanted to see it. I've heard it's actually pretty good, but I have not had an opportunity to check it out yet. It was on Netflix for years. It recently dropped off probably like a year ago. Yeah, I screwed that up. Yeah, um, you know what's good too? We just finished watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I kept hearing how great it was, and the Mrs. Yeah. Uh, and I watched it. It's really good. Is it okay? Yeah. Well, let's add it to the ever increasing list of stuff that I'll never watch before I die. So yeah, no there you deal. go. My number five is a film I mentioned earlier in the show, um, and that is Personal Shopper. 
starring mm. Kirsten Stewart, where she plays a personal shopper for a woman who also is able to communicate with ghosts. And it is a really interesting character study slash thriller-ish film that is we have a director who really is able to to master and bring out the best in Kirsten Stewart. I mean, she is fantastic in this thing. Any questions you've ever had about her and her abilities will be answered in this movie. And I don't know if it's one of those things where like like it's a Mark Wahlberg thing where you need to have the director know what they're working with. Because you can either get a Boogie Nights or you can mm-hmm. get a Happening, right? If right. you don't cheer, steer that guy right, things can go horribly wrong. Uh, <laughs> but she is just a revelation in Personal Shopper. Um, it's a different kind of offbeat film, much like most of, them on, most of them in my list. But still, definitely, you should check it out. Very good one. That's a good pick. Um, all right, so my number four, also available on Hulu, is um, Honeymoon, a, sh- a film we did for the show um, a few years back. Um, stars Rose Leslie and Harry Treadway as a newlywed couple who goes on their honeymoon in a remote cabin, um, and everything is going fine and normal. And they seem to be having you know a normal, loving couple where um, Rose's character wakes up um, naked in the woods and she doesn't know what's happened to her, and um, sl- things slowly start to get really weird and unsettling. And it's kind of just this sci-fi horror film that kind of plays on this whole like how well do you really know somebody kind of thing and it's like you know even though you you've married this person and you think that you know them very well that it turns out that maybe you don't um and it's it's a a creepy little film and it has one particularly uh cringy and still makes my skin crawl piece of body horror in it um that is that is a, a good little surprise yeah that was uh, episode 280 from june 19th 2015 to okay. hear us discuss Honeymoon, uh, you can go into the archives and uh, check that one out. Matt, my number four, then, is not Drive, because I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I don't <laughs> to bring it up. Do not. But I did bring up Only God Forgives, mm. Nicholas, Winding, Re- Nicholas Winding Refn's follow-up to Drive, again starring uh, Mr. Gossing, where he plays a gentleman who runs a boxing fight ring when he's really moonlights for his real job is he's a drug dealer and he runs afoul of a uh, police detective sergeant officer thing um, when his brother brutally kills a, uh, a prostitute and the police detective investigating it has a rather um, equally brutal brand of justice so Gosling goes to try and track him down and get revenge. And things get really weird from there. Um, there's a lot going on in this film. It is, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not for everybody. Some people, people, some people absolutely cannot stand this film. I love it. I think it, it is all about mood and ambiance and color. Uh, reference is basically like you're watching a horrific fever dream. But it is undeniably gorgeous to watch. So, and very devoid of dialogue, even more so <laughs> with um, the movie I can't talk about. Uh, but still, it is it is a it is a trip, and um, it's it's shockingly violent at times. So prepare yourself. But still, it's something that you should see. I just I absolutely love Only God for Gifts and a fantastic star score as well by uh, Cliff there. 
Very good. I've never seen it. I have not seen it, so I guess I'll have to get on that, huh? I will, yeah, I ooh, you should, because I'd really be curious what your thoughts of it would be. Okay. I'll uh try and hit that up this uh sometime before our next show. How about that? Cool. Yeah. All right, so my number three is a film that Chris um almost tore this show apart because it kept saying I should watch it and I just never got around to it and it really annoyed him every time he brought it up. Um, it is uh, a film from 2017 called The Florida Project available on Amazon Prime. Um, it stars, well, it's the story of a of a, uh, a precocious uh, young girl named Mooney growing up um, in a kind of uh, long-term weekly hotel setup um, with other transients. Um, her mother, who is uh, a prostitute, um, living in this hotel. And it's really just kind of a slice of life thing from her perspective um, in central Florida, like right outside the Magic Kingdom. Um, Willem Dafoe, as the, uh, as the uh, um, Hotel manager is absolutely fantastic, and it's it's criminal that he did not win an Oscar for his performance. Um, but it's, you know what? It's a tough film. Um, honestly, um, it's just it, it's really tough subject matter, and it's 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 just something that you know seems very real. And um, you know, I don't. I, I think it's interesting that they play it from the perspective of a child, so it's very matter of fact, and and it may kind of gloss over some things. But when you really think about it, it's it's a tough sit, but. Um, it's very real and it's, it's very moving performance for sure. Yeah, it is fantastic. She's directing a movie right now too, I believe. Who is? Uh, the little girl. Oh, really? Yeah. Mooney. Okay. Mooney Interesting. So, uh, my number three, Matt, then is Jonathan Glazier's science fiction horror film from 2013, starring Scarlett Johansson, Under the Skin, again, currently mm. available on Netflix. She plays an alien, some otherworldly woman <clears throat> who is hunting down men in Scotland and um, she uses them for substance, I guess, in some way. Mm -hmm. It's weird, Uh, but it's again, just like only God forgives. It is a weird, weird film. There's some really striking imagery to it. It is um, haunting, especially when you work in Mika Levy's score, which is maybe one of my top five scores of the past 15 years or so. It is fantastic. And uh, Johansson just is just really odd in this film and unsettling. The whole movie is. But it's also, it is not, I don't know if I would say it's not a traditional narrative, but it is, it's it's not structured like your typical kind of science fiction, thriller, horror film. This is much more of a mind kind of brain teaser, screw you up, screw up or type thing with this thing. But uh, it is a trip that you will not soon forget um, mm. that you've seen under the skin. Right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I have seen it. I do own it. Um, I, I really enjoy it. It is, it is a definitely a very kind of artsy body horror science fiction film. And it's, it's, it requires a lot of the viewer because it doesn't really hold your hand. Everything is just kind of a lot of it is just told through imagery and, and things like that. But it's, it's a beautiful film and disturbing in a lot of ways. Thank you. That encapsulated it better than I was. Thank you. <laughs> it's a good film. You should check it out. Um, all right. So my number two is um, it went straight to Netflix. Um, it was never released in theaters as far as I'm aware. Um, it's The Little Prince, which is an animated version of one of my favorite books that I read every year. Um, a story of uh, an aviator who crashes in the desert. Well, it's a story within a story where a little girl 
who's trying, whose mother is trying to get her to grow up, um, lives next door to an elderly old man who turns out to be an old pilot. And he tells her the story of crashing in the desert and coming across a little prince from outer space. Um, it is a fantastic little um, allegory film. It is very moving and straight to the point. Um, it's a great film and it's a great book if you haven't read it. Um, it's, it's, it's something that will it's kind of simplistic beauty will always hit you in the kind of lessons it tries to teach you. And it's got a great all-star cast for the voices. It's got Jeff Bridges, Marion Cotillard, uh, Benicio del Toro, James Franco, uh, Paul Rudd. Um, so it's really just a, a long list of voice actors, but it is a fantastic little film. And where can I see that? On Netflix. It is on Netflix. Cause I've never, yeah. I haven't seen it and I've never read it. Yeah. So. Should read the book. I mean, literally the book is like, 50 pages um it, it, you can read it in like an afternoon but like, i know good. of it but yeah. yeah i've never i've never read it so i'll have to check that out thank you mm -hmm. my number two is karen kusama's the invitation okay so it is a thriller currently available on netflix that i heard really great things about and then i watched it and outside of maybe the last two minutes that i'm not 100 percent sold on uh, this thing is a firecracker. So uh, a couple are divorcing after their young son's accidental death. And they end up going, they uh, uh, meet some people at a grief support group and they're going to have, there's a party. So they decide to go to this party. And when they get there, there's just something off about the hosts. Everybody else seems to be having an interesting and good time. Everybody's having fun. And then there's an announcement that's going to change the lives of everybody in that house forever. And it is, it is exceptionally well executed. Um, there's the, the mystery and the tension is, is, is palpable with this thing. It's, and then the way it ends, I think at some points, I think it, it's, it's an interesting bold move and other points. I feel like I just don't know if it works. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know if it, Part of me is like this. I don't think it undermines the entire film, but there's something about it. I'm like, I either way, this thing is about 90 minutes of just lean and mean kind of tension and thrills. And if also though, there are some heavy drama and some fantastic performances in this thing, as uh, our star Will is trying to kind of piece together what's happening right before the sledgehammer comes. Mm -hmm. So, the invitation. <laughs> that's a good one I, I enjoy the invitation i should catch back up with that i haven't seen it in a while it's one of those films that i see like on netflix i'm like oh i should watch that and then i never do because yeah. but i did like it it was very good Thanks. all right so my number one is another film we did for the show um it's another animated film it's called um it's such a beautiful day uh by don hertzfeld um it's kind of the feature like version of his I uh got all about that yeah, it's available on Netflix, um, and it's really the story of a man who is dealing with a um, crippling illness, um, and it's it, it it starts off in a, such a way where you don't really know what's going on, and it's got all this kind of silly stuff in it, and it's, and it's funny, but then as it progresses, you kind of realize the jokes are because his are coming from his deteriorating state, and it just becomes this really kind of heavy, um, just gorgeous but just sad kind of meditation on like you know someone slowly drifting away and kind of you know losing their their friends that are trying to be there for them it's it's just a really 
really strong, heavy film that's enjoyable and beautiful in its own way um, that I think everybody should watch. It's only like an hour long, so it's it's a really quick sit, but it's something that's going to stay with you. I try and recommend it as much as I can. Nobody ever listens to me, but it's something that I, I think everybody should watch. Yeah, no, that is a great... Wow, I had forgotten all about that thing. And you're right, it is fantastic. Oh, I think I have to catch up with that again, too. Add that to my list. My number one, then is the directorial debut of Ryan Johnson. Uh, from 2005, it is Brick. It is a neo-noir, hard-boiled detective story set modern times in a high school in California, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And what's so cool about it is everybody in the film talks like they're in a, like a, a, what, a 30s or 40s gangster movie, right? Yeah, they do. And it is it is, it is just, it's a lot of fun. It is, it is a, I love the, the, the shifting of of the location of putting it in modern times in a high school, it is just such a great fun idea, and it works. I don't know how it does, but Ryan Johnson pulls this thing off. I remember Matt going to see this in the little in Cinema City down in uh, Hartford, right? And uh, that was one of my favorite experiences in a movie theater. I walked out of that thing, I. I possibly changed like there are movies in my life that kind of changed the way i watch film and brick was one of those moments for me to this they had on this table this little um like foldable i don't know what you would call it not a dictionary but it had pictures of some of the art and stuff and then like definitions for some of the slang terms used in the film and uh i still have it to this day I just, I just adore this film. This is easily a top ten movie for me, and I probably watch it. There was a time when I was watching it probably two, three times a year. Uh, I'd still, it still gets hit once a year, and it still works for me. I, I think I harass Criterion on Twitter um, <laughs> a couple times a year to have them release an edition. It is finally coming out on Blu-ray, though. I think this month or next month, and uh, my pre-order was in the instant that popped up. So Brick's my number one. Wow. Yeah, it's a good film. It is a really it's 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 kind of jarring, but you kind of get into it really quick. It's it's a it's a really good film. Man, listing all these off, it makes me kind of want to sit down and go watch all these again, you know. I know, right? Yeah. Some good stuff. Do you have mm-hmm. any uh any that didn't make the cut? Any Ronald? Yeah, uh, just a just a couple. Um so in on Netflix, um Moon is available, a film the what I would argue is the only good film from Duncan Jones. Um where yeah, um, which stars Simon Rockwell as a astronaut on the moon, um, and uh, by himself and mystery ensues. It's it's really good. Um, even my parents, who don't even like sci-fi, I watched that with them, and they they really enjoyed it. Um, Spring Breakers. Um, I know it's a controversial pick, but it is it is fun to watch. Um, it's not necessarily Harmony Corinne's most accomplished film, but I think it's his most um, just bats out yet still kind of fun to watch film. So. If you're kind of curious about his over, I think that's a place to start. And then on Prime, just in honor of our new Batman, um, Good Time is available. Um, it stars Robert Pattinson, who has a brother who has mental uh, handicap, and they try and uh, rob a bank that goes wrong. And it's all about him trying to kind of get his brother out of trouble and make things right in a single night. And it's nuts. No, that is a good pick, too. I agree with you. So... Um... I had, as I said, if we opened the show, the segment with a most violent year, uh, Jeremy Renner and Kill the Messenger. Um, if you haven't seen that, that is actually pretty darn good. Uh, he plays a reporter who um, finds a massive story about the government's wrongdoing and 
things start to go, unfortunately, bad for him. Uh, what else do we have? The Lies of Others, which I think won the best foreign language film about the uh, Russian agent who listens in uh, on people for the KGB and hears something he should not. Uh, the Rover. Here's my um, my uh, pick for Robert Pattinson, Matt, with him and Guy Pierce, the dystopian uh, drama about the man trying to get to catch up with the guy who stole his car, but he's mm-hmm. really mostly more concerned about the contents of what's in that car. And uh, finally, um, a film, again, that has no reason to work, but absolutely does, with Tom Hardy, Lock, um, a drama where basically you're just watching Tom Harvey take phone calls in his car while driving on the highway for about 85 minutes. <laughs> and it works. It, the drama, the tension, as you, as your the story unfolds and you're finding out where he's driving to and why, and as his life changes forever on this road is uh, fascinating. Have you ever seen Locke? Uh, no, I haven't. I remember you telling me about it, and it's something I meant to catch up with, but uh, I didn't realize it was available on Netflix, so I'll have to add it to the queue. There you go. At some point, we'll watch all yeah. these things. Yes, we will. What is your favorite Netflix hidden gem? What should what have you seen that you want us to check it out that we haven't heard of? Uh, we're always looking for more tent as we sling more tent. Uh, shoot us an email at feedback at the first run dot com. That's a good Matt. list. Good yeah, segment. That was good. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> coming up next week. Chapter three, John Wick Parabellum. We are finally here. I am distraught that there was no, I can get what a 60 hour marathon of Marvel movies, uh, but I can't get a, three film marathon for john wick what is that about? Mm, that's messed up man so i already watched the first one a couple days ago i'll be watching uh chapter two sunday night as i go see john wick three on monday i got my dolby ticket map all ready to go what about you did you see it yet or i have not seen it yet i have not seen it yet so i'll be seeing it in the next few days um but i'm i'm really excited as am I. So our second film is TBD. We will get back to you on that. Or it'll be surprised when you listen to the show. Maybe that'll be fun for everybody. <laughs> In the interim, why don't you check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, where you can watch the live recording of the show. Just do a search for the first run. Scroll, 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 scroll. Eventually you will find us. Go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. That's how other people will find the show. You can find us on all your podcasting platforms. And for a limited time, you can actually pick up hard copies of the show at New Stars. So if you can find yourself a New Stars anywhere out there, and I am really dating and geographically locating myself, New Stars department stores. Check them out while they're hot. Matt, why don't we go ahead and take an extended break, and we will see you all soon. A detective, uh, Pikachu.